Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. If you're a high school or college student looking for a job, now might be a good time to get one. The pandemic has had some lasting effects on jobs for pretty much everyone, and in some ways, that has benefited teenagers and young adults. Last summer, the unemployment rate for teenagers ages 16 to 19 was the lowest it has been since November of 1953 at under 10%. So what is this summer looking like? Today, my guests and I are talking about where teenagers and young adults can find work and tips for how they can land those jobs, especially for the summer. And we're taking your phone calls, too. I want to hear from you. Are you a teenager or a young adult looking for work or who just got hired? Describe the experience for us. Do you know a teenager or young adult who is looking for a job? What can you tell us about what it's been like for them so far? What questions do you have for our guest about finding employment? The phone lines are open. Call us at 651-227-6000. Again, that number is 651-227-6000. You can also call 800-242-2800. 28. First, though, let's get an update on the top economic news of the week from my colleague, Chris Farrell, who is the senior economics contributor here at NPR News. Good morning, Chris. Good what? morning. What's up? What are you starting with? Well, we'll start with the Federal Reserve, which we talk That's about all the time. It's always fun. <laughs> and they meet uh, May 2nd and 3rd. And Next they're week? having what they call the Federal Open Market Committee meeting, sets monetary policy. And Angela, I was reading this poll, I think 80% of investors believe that the Fed is going to raise its benchmark interest rate, this time by a quarter percentage point when it next meets. And the Fed governors have been out there giving that message. So we have another rate increase in the offing. And so what do we take from that? Is that in response to inflation still being too high or what? Yes. So it's two things. One, and it's the response part the good news. This economy remains strong. Right. I mean, it's still a strong economy. And even though inflation's come down, it's running around that 5% level. And what the Fed has is target range of, of 2%. But we get a bunch of important economic numbers this week that will influence the Fed and people can follow. I mean, one, we get the first uh, estimate of the uh, first quarter gross domestic product. And I'd say the consensus expectation is the economy grew around 3%. At an analyzed rate. So, you know, that's a pretty good number. And the belief is that the economy is still going strong, which is definitely a good thing to hear that. It is definitely a good thing. And we're also going to get – what other inflation – oh, we're getting the the Fed's favorite, favorite inflation measure, which is personal consumption expenditures, price index. Mm -hmm. That's one of the longest phrases that's out there for a price index. And again, it's probably going to be good news but not good enough to convince the Fed to stop. And then we also get a bunch of housing number figures. And the housing number, if you're looking at it from an inflationary point of view, you know, it's been good news because prices are coming down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the market's down about 20% a quarter from, from what it was a year ago. We're starting to see price uh, pressures alleviate. So we'll get a good snapshot this week of how the economy is doing. Now, the latest quarterly issue of Minnesota Economic Trends is out. You know, I love to read that, Chris. I love it. It's a, <laughs> I know you love to read I that. do. I do. It's got all these really interesting articles with lots of nuance and detail. What stood out to you? Okay. So uh, just plucking, you know, two of them. One was looked at the people who lost their jobs early in the pandemic. And then uh, about three quarters uh, by the spring of 2022, about three quarters, uh, people had gotten jobs 
return to the job market. But the recovery was inequitable. And so uh, workers who are black over age 55 or who had low educational attainment, uh, they had a much harder time coming back into the market. And then there was another uh, article that sort of took a snapshot of economic and social trends among the Hispanic and Latino Minnesotans. Mm-hmm. It's about 6%, a little over 6% of the population, but grew at a 38% rate uh, over the past decade. And two- The population grew? The Latino population yeah. increased? It increased. Counted for a quarter of the increase in the population in Minnesota over the past decade. Two numbers to pluck out. One, uh, Hispanic and Latinos have the highest labor force participation rate of any group in Minnesota. And although their median income is very low, um, in terms of median income from 2011 to 2021, Minnesota climbed from 21st to the 12th highest median income for Hispanic and Latino households in the U.S., which uh, is quite a move. And the this week, as we look at, at what's happening in Congress, uh, House Republicans are, are starting some serious talks among themselves to unite behind what they want to get out of this uh, debt limit negotiation. Yes. Yeah, so this we have to just kind of follow closely. We follow it. It's this is when the House Republicans are trying to come up with their plan. They're going to have a vote Wednesday or Thursday and what is going to be their plan. They're trying to unite around a plan. So a lot of people watching very closely. Will the House Republicans unite around this plan? What's going to be the vote? But unfortunately, this whole debt limit ceiling negotiation is ongoing and will continue. So we'll be following it closely, but there's nothing to do right now. Mm. All right. Well, Chris, uh, we're going to ask you to to stick around with us for the full hour uh, as we talk about the job market now and what it's like for teenagers and young adults, uh, maybe college students or just young people who uh, don't have a lot of work experience but are are looking uh, for a job, especially as we head now into these uh, summer months and we know there are some seasonal work opportunities. So I want to bring in our other two guests right now. Joining us from our Duluth studio this morning, we have Elena Fauché. Elena is the Director of Workforce Development for the City of Duluth and her agency is the lead partner at Career Force in Duluth. And that is part of a statewide career development and matching resource that works with employers and, and people, uh, including teenagers and college students. Good morning, Elena. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. Hi, I'm looking forward to, to hearing all that, that you are learning about what's happening uh, with the workforce and hiring uh, right now. In the studio here with me in St. Paul, we have Amanda Justin. Uh, she's with Achieve Ch- Twin Cities, where she serves as the Minneapolis Public Schools Program Strategy Manager. Now, that organization partners with Minneapolis and St. Paul Public Schools to help students plan for their careers and post-secondary education. Good morning to you, Amanda. Nice to meet you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hi. So, Chris, set the stage for us. Uh, tell us what the job market is looking like right now for teenagers. So let me break it down into two categories. One is your seasonal employment. You're right. looking for a summer job. Mm-hmm. You're a high school student. You're a college student. And last year, this story has always stuck with in my mind, Angela, when I was talking to a small business owner. And he said, look, uh, I no longer require a resume. I don't have a form to fill out. If somebody returns, if someone contacts me on the phone or by email, I hire them because they were showing interest. So that was last year. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was a really strong market. The expectation this year is that it's still a strong market, perhaps not quite as hot as it was last year, but still strong. And um, uh, so there's this uh, forecast from Challenger Gray and Christmas, and they think that you know the teen market will come in slightly lower in their estimates based on two factors. One, 
companies are tightening up, right? I mean, they're 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 a little more reluctant on the, on their hiring. And the other point that they make is so many teenagers now, it's all about summer school, uh, you know, getting additional education, that kind of catching prep up. work, catching mm-hmm. up, all of that. Plus, you know, the summer has is shorter, you know, and so it's not that kids are lazy. I think this is really important. It's not that they're lazy. Is that actually a lot of their parents would prefer that they focus on for uh, academics, academics mm-hmm. than on the job market. Mm. And what about recent college graduates? Uh, a lot of folks getting ready to celebrate uh, their, you know, young adults finally getting that degree. What are they? What can they expect when they get out there and actually look for that full time job? And by the way, congratulations to them. And uh, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a good job market. It's just going to be perhaps not as as strong as it, again as it was last year. Um, because employers are really cautious with their hiring plans because mm-hmm. the Fed has been doing this tightening. Um, but, you know, you think about talk to managers, talk to CEOs, talk to leaders. They, they still want to be hiring young people because that's their future pipeline of talent. And, uh, there was a conversation, uh, JP Morgan Chase had with the Wall Street Journal and they were laying, this was back in February and they were laying off a bunch of people in their, uh, you know, processing mortgages, but they were planning on hiring more young college graduates in 2023 than in 2022 because they're looking at that that pipeline. So what I'm hearing is that students are having to be a little more aggressive about getting a job, uh, broaden their search. Uh, but again, it's still a good job market. Elena, uh, beyond the numbers that Chris just mentioned, uh, what are some of the reasons why um, it's, it's correct for us to say it is a good time for, for young people to be looking for work? I mean, I think that employers everywhere around the state have been struggling to hire for a while now um, as they've come out of the pandemic and recovered. It's been challenging. We have a workforce shortage statewide, and so that creates new opportunities for teens and young adults to enter jobs that maybe they wouldn't have had access to before. Um, so it's really a great time to look for work. And and what about pay? Uh, are you finding employers are, are willing to maybe uh pay young people more than they've been paid in years past? Absolutely. There, There's a McDonald's I drive by on my way to work every day, and that's sort of my gauge on how the economy is going because they have their <laughs> wages posted in the window. Uh-huh. And so I've been sort of watching that wage go up and up and down and then up and down and up. And, you know, I think overall teens have the opportunity to earn some of the highest wages they've ever had access to, uh, which has successfully attracted many teens into the labor force. And then as we look at some of the traditional jobs, I think that um, high school students and college students and just young adults are are steered towards, I always think of retail jobs, but uh, are we seeing more young people being hired in some other fields that they may not have, have thought about where employers are willing to train them once they get there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, restaurants and retail are still a place where a lot of teens work. But, you know, one of the things that we've seen is larger numbers of teens working in healthcare, particularly in nursing homes or group homes or as PCAs, personal care attendants for people with disabilities. Um, So that is a great entry point opportunity. And once you start there, there's many employers who will then support their employees to get their CNA certification and potentially even move on to nursing or other healthcare fields. So I think that's probably one of the biggest changes we've seen since the pandemic. Mm. And uh, Amanda, let's get to back up a little bit. Let's just talk about the value of having a job when you're, you know, a teenager or, you know, you're in your early 20s. What do we know from just, you know, 
like what they what we all can get out of having a job, especially when we're really young. Yeah, definitely. I think, excuse me, I think, you know, for young people, one of our goals is really helping them develop the like self-knowledge and self-discovery skills so that they can connect that to their career interests and then later on to their post-secondary plan while they're in high school. And so having a job helps young people really understand their own motivation, helps them understand their likes, their dislikes, and how they can connect like their skill set to their future plans after high school. So you're actually in schools, you're interacting with young people. What what are you seeing them express an interest in, in conversation? What what are our teenagers saying that they would like to do or, or some jobs they'd like to experiment with? Yeah, I think some of the big sectors that we're still seeing are definitely healthcare, business, and then um, a growing interest in IT and tech, actually, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And is that a good match? Because are we finding that employers are looking for some young folks that can train to do some of this work? Yeah, definitely. And I think when we've looked in Minneapolis and St. Paul and the Twin Cities areas, those are also some of the sectors that, you know, are going to have projected job growth. So it is a good fit. I think one thing that we notice is more opportunities for young people like internships or worksite tours or job shadowing so that, you know, those aren't typically sectors that have like summer jobs necessarily for students, but opportunities for them to get out and see those career fields so that they, again, can identify like, is this a good fit? Is this really what I think it is Mm -hmm. um, for their transition after high school. Uh, Elena, I want to talk about social skills. One of the things that I I think of when I think of a young person having a job, I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity to really work on some of those communication skills and and maybe, you know, build some confidence and be okay with with, with interacting and, and talking with uh, with strangers and also becoming more responsible and time management. I mean, what do you think about just the value of having a job when you're early uh, sort of in, in your young adult life? I mean, I think that you're right. It's incredibly valuable. You learn a lot of sort of basic and transferable skills through employment. Um, but you know, some of it depends on sort of the quality of supervision and coaching you receive. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that that we see is that a lot more supervisors are young and not as experienced being in that supervising role. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they don't have as strong of those coaching skills where you turn the, that first work experience into a real learning experience versus starting with a high bar of expectations and then constantly being disappointed, right? Teens who are, especially teens who are in their very first job, really need to be supported to grow and develop those skills by a, a strong mentor. And I have in my notes here, and I've heard from other folks, including Chris, uh, sort of the communication challenges that we're seeing um, as as employers are are looking for young people to hire and and teenagers are looking for jobs, uh, beginning with use of the phone, talking on the phone and sending emails. So uh, what can you tell us about that, Elena? What are you hearing or seeing with that? Oh, that is something that is has is really standing out right now. We hosted a conversation with our local chamber of commerce with employers about hiring and employing youth. And one of the big things that emerged in the conversation is a, a stark difference in how teens and young adults and then, you know, sort of working age adults and, and people my age communicate. You know, employers are sending out 
inter- invitations to interviews, job offers by email. Mm-hmm. And a lot of young people don't use email. That's not the way that they communicate. They communicate through text primarily or even through messenger. Um, they, they don't know how to log into their email account. They don't know their password. It's just not a, a form of communication they're comfortable with, even less so with phone calls. Mm-hmm. And so there's sort of this fundamental difference in how how they communicate that is interrupting the hiring process. And so we've seen employers who are really successful at hiring teens just adapt and use texting. Um, texting is their primary form of communication for setting up job interview appointments, for sending out job offers, for sending out schedules, for communicating about, I'm going to be out sick today, mm-hmm. everything. And, and that's where it's been really much more successful. So right now, someone needs to stop. <laughs> And check their email (laughs) or text a young person and say, hey, check your email because there might be a communication in there. I mean, this is shocking to me, but I've seen it. I've seen it in my own kids. So like, don't email me, mom. Text me and certainly don't call me. Right. And and don't leave a voicemail. A voicemail. What what is that? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. This is this (laughs) is real, right? No, it's very, very real. Yeah. And Elena, too. Are you seeing that? Absolutely. I'm sorry. sorry. I meant Amanda. Amanda. (laughs) I'm sitting here like this. I know this will be shocking to people, but it's true. Like it's just not a form of communication that a lot of teenagers think is 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 worthy. Like no one does that. No, the business community does. Yeah. Email. I think I think we definitely see it. I think, you know, young people have to check their email for school as well. And so I think it's both teaching them like the importance of checking it and just being really comfortable with using it, but also how to, you know, they probably sign up for all sorts of things. So they have all the messages. So how do you kind of prioritize things in your email and just Mm -hmm. really build the skill set in? I do think, though, what Elena was saying about like employers adapting, I think there's been some, you know, app develops that like connects young people directly to employers through an app. And I think those types of things also are needed. Um, So I think it's, you know, a both and like teaching young people the importance of checking their email, getting comfortable talking on the phone. Those skills are really, really important. And it, it it's also great to hear, you know, employers are also thinking about it on their end. But that, that also too surprising to me that they've realized like, well, if I email, they're not going to get it. So I'm going to have to change my behavior in order to, to get to these people because we need these young mm-hmm. folks to work. And, and that, is that what you're seeing, Elena, that employers are adapting? They realize, yeah, I've got to go where they are, where they are communicating so they get this message. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's that the employers who are successfully hiring teens and young adults are the ones who are adapting. Oh. Yeah. All right. Let's take some phone calls from listeners. We're talking about finding a job, a, a summer job, or maybe a first job, particularly if you're a teenager or a young adult looking for work. Uh, you don't have a lot of experience, but you need a job. Who has just landed a job? How's it going? What has the search been like for you? Do you know a teenager or a young adult who's looking for work? What can you tell us about their experience? And what questions do you have for our guests about finding employment? Call us at 651-227-6000 or at 800-242-2828. Let's take a phone call now from a listener in Bloomington. Joe is on the phone. Thank you for waiting, Joe. And what do you want to share with us as we talk about finding a job? Yeah, good morning. Hey. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I have a, a small little business, and what I've been figuring out is that a lot of my friends that are uh, have their kids, their kids are not finding a job because, A, they're depressed, B, because they don't know how to go out there and do because they're depressed, and they need a guidance mm-hmm. on how to, 
talk to their managers, their future managers, how they can start working. They're very bright kids, but they need somebody to guide them and to give them a hand to start working like a four-hour job so that way they can get adjusted to coming and going to a job, which they have never been in. Mm -hmm. We're talking about kids that are 16 to 20-something years old, that they have been depressed most of the time because they're shy, because of this or because of that. But those parents need help getting these kids out of the house. And the best way, because there's a lot of them out there, the best way to do it is for employers to give them a chance to work those four-hour minimums so that way they can get adjusted to being out of the house and get comfortable. Because once they, they bloom, they have a very good employee for the rest for quite a while. Oh, Joe, I'm so glad you called in. Uh, you bring up an excellent point. That's Joe and Bloomington. Um, and, you know, Amanda, you're interacting with uh, teenagers. We see it. We've, we've been talking about this, mm-hmm. a youth mental health crisis. A lot of young people just feel stuck. Uh, this is new to them. They need some guidance. And, and what would you say into what, what Joe is describing of, of, of giving these kids some support? Yeah, I think, you know, in their high schools, there's, you know, Unfortunately, not enough, but there are counseling teams. And then, you know, we work in Minneapolis Public High Schools and St. Paul Public High Schools. So there are career and college centers, um, work-based learning coordinators. So there are a lot of adults in the schools who, you know, can help young people kind of make these connections and build up that confidence and start to understand, you know, their motivation for wanting a job. I think that's huge in terms of the starting point is, you know, all of the stuff that needs to happen before just going out and talking to someone and getting a job. And those are some of the adults in the schools that I think young people can really connect with and get help from. And within families, we need to think about how we're talking to our young people, Mm -hmm. not telling them what they're not doing, but what they can do and maybe helping them. Yes, definitely. I, I think a lot of family members may have more to offer, more guidance than they're aware of. Definitely. And I think, you know, again, kind of helping helping the young people in your life, like develop that sense of purpose themselves. Like right. I want this because, and then helping them make those connections, I think right. is really important for Lift, families. Lifting them up. Yeah. Uh, what can you add to that, um, uh, Elena, in terms of uh, the impact we've seen on this decline, this overall decline in mental health and how that is affecting uh, teenagers and college students, young folks looking for jobs? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just important to be aware that this is going to be probably one of the more lasting impacts of the pandemic. We see a lot of young people whose the majority of their high school experience was were, were pandemic years, and mm-hmm. they experience a lot of social anxiety. Um, you know, they they were in their home doing school from home, and maybe aren't as comfortable interacting with other people. And so they, they're they still coming out of that shell, still, still sort of developing that skill. Um, I, you know, and like you said, I think depression, anxiety, sort of mental health layered on top of that can make it really challenging for some. And that's where programs and resources like Achieve, like the Career Force System, which exists statewide, has a lot of caring adults and resources and programs that can help. And so connecting teens and young adults with those programs and with those caring adults can really help them sort of work through their the challenges, the mental health challenges and their social anxiety and, and get to a place where they're more comfortable. And Elena, we know too, academic gaps, you know, uh, young people, as well as, you know, very young kids, uh, behind in reading, behind in math, that certainly has to be showing up in terms of how they're able to maybe work and have a job. Anything that you've seen there about, uh, you know, the the, the reading and, and, and math skills that, that young folks might be behind on? 
Absolutely. There is um, we're seeing a, a lot of seniors who are either not on track to graduate and so they need to make up some of their credits or are graduating but not with the strongest reading and math skills. We also, you know, there's a high school here that saw a 10% drop in graduation rate during the pandemic. So I think there's there's a, a subgroup of teens and young adults who need some academic catch up. And I think that creates an opportunity for us in the workforce development field to combine, you know, academic skill building with career exploration and, and technical skill building to, to really give young people a chance to enter a field that's going to support them while sort of catching up on what they missed out on during the pandemic. And are you getting feedback, uh, too, from employers, Elena, about like just not having strong reading and writing skills They're, that uh, employers are seeing that in some of the young people who you know, they do hire? Um, I think I haven't heard it as much from employers. I've heard it more from teachers and parents who are concerned about the the youth in their lives. Mm -hmm. They're aware of it. Uh, Chris, anything you would add to that of just sort of the the gaps that we're seeing because our educational system had that disruption from the the pandemic as well as the the mental health decline? So this is one of the things where I think for all adults is to take advantage of this tight labor market that's in the background. Because one of the things, if you get a job, then you realize why I need to improve my reading skills. It's not an abstract concept because I need to get a grade. It's because, hey, I want to do a better job. Mm -hmm. There's some opportunities here. Uh, Yeah, I do need to improve my reading skills or I do improve my communication skills or whatever. So I think really for anybody who you were mentioning about what can you do, I mean, I think one of the things so many people can try and do is to help young people get that job. And then I think you're going to narrow a lot of these gaps because then people will know why it is I need to learn this as opposed to something that you've been told since you were young, you need to learn these things, but you always ask why. And Amanda, how does Achieve uh, Twin Cities like sort of step in and meet this, some of the gaps that you're seeing between uh, kids who want to work and employers who are willing to bring them in and, and train them and work with them? Yeah, I think, you know, we have our programming that's our school-based programming where we're really work, working closely um, with young people individually and in groups. Um, and Achieve Twin Cities also partners with the city of Minneapolis to run the summer youth um, employment program, Step Up. And so I think, you know, internship programs like that um, do a lot to bridge that gap because, you know, young people then are in kind of a more supported internship type of um, environment so that they're making those connections and they have adults that are that their whole focus as their supervisor is to help them make those connections of like these skills are where you might, you know, need to increase your skill set. Um, and that's just really helpful in terms of being a, in a, again, supportive like internship program, I think is is something that's very key in helping them with that gap. So uh, young folks should be aware that there are a lot of adults in work environments who want to help. Once you come in and they hire you, they're going to train you to some degree. Are you seeing that? I think so. And I think, you know, I think we could actually have more of that as well. I think especially, Mm -hmm. you know, we think about it, we're helping on the front end of helping young people with the transition out of high school. And if there's more, you know, apprenticeship type programs where Mm -hmm. there's job mentoring and, you know, the more skilled, experienced um, people in in the labor market are, are helping to train the new employees, those types of programs, I think, even more so could really help, um, after students enter the workforce. 
Let's take another phone call um, before we go to news about uh, finding a job, particularly if you're in high school or college or you're a young adult with uh, not a whole lot of experience. Call us at 651-227-6000. Again, 651-227-6000 as we talk about guests uh, on what is happening out there uh, with employment in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Let's talk to Amy. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for calling in. Good morning. Um, no, I was calling to share about an experience for my um, 14-year-old son last year. Mm-hmm. He applied at a local restaurant. We worked together, filled out the application while we were there. And the manager interviewed him actually right away and invited us to come back, both myself and my child, for his first day to fill out paperwork and to and go over um, expectations and the um, communication app they use in scheduling. Um, and I felt like I was able to help guide him on expectations and what the norms are and, and you know, when, how to approach his um, employer. And I said this was really helpful in kind of setting him up for when he does, you know, go on, that he at least has some of these baseline skills on what it looks like to be employed. And so uh, was, do you think this was helpful? Yeah, I was really impressed that I was able to – it was just an hour shift we went in. He filled his you know, um, paperwork and read policies so I could help him understand what it is to fill his W-2 um, and those things. And I'm able to have a copy of his app where he gets his schedule notifications mm-hmm. and um, put in his availability so I can kind of help guide him um, on what what his availability is around sports and those things and help remind him when he hasn't done something that's important. Mm-hmm. So, and then I've really let him take the lead from there, but it was helpful f- for him not to be overwhelmed with everything to begin with. Right, right. Thank you. That's Amy in Eau Claire, Wisconsin calling in. And uh, Elena, I loved hearing the words help and guide. <laughs> so any advice uh, that, that you have for, for family members who want to, to see the, the young people in their lives working? Yeah, I think... We see a lot of parents, especially parents of younger teens, like 14, 15-year-old teens, who are concerned, who are really wanting to help connect their teens to employment because they know that it'll benefit them in terms of their mental health. It'll get them sort of on track and thinking about the future. So I love that. I love an employer that that engages the parent. That's such a great idea so that the parent can Mm -hmm. provide that support. Where there isn't a parent who can provide that support, that's where staff from a program like Step Up or from our Yes Duluth program um, will do the same thing. You know, they'll they'll help uh, decode workplace policies and explain in plain language, you know, how how a scheduling app works and so on. And so that's really, really great. I also think that it's important to teach teens how to do it themselves so that they don't need support from anyone, right? That's the the life skill you have to learn is to show up. Right. To communicate with your supervisor. Right. We got, but we got, got to start. Got to start somewhere. So thank, thank you for for saying that. Let's go to St. Paul, where Joan is on the phone. Hi, Joan. What did you want to tell us? Hi, Angela. This Hello. is Joan from St. Paul. I live in Minneapolis, and I work at Tree Trust. Tree Trust is a nonprofit organization, and we've mentored more than fifty-five thousand individuals through our employment training programs. Our whole vision is creating a thriving workforce living on a healthy planet. And I used to be a teacher for the last 18 years, so I really understand what you're talking about in your programs. 
Um, one of the reasons I transitioned into tree trust is because I wanted to see kids getting outside, doing things hands-on, working in a crew with other people in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think, you know, so we, we employ um, youth and young adults from 14 to 28. And, you know, that age group, like all of us, is, is pretty, pretty used to being in front of a screen a lot of the day. And so what we want to do is we want to improve the metro area with beautiful trees and work on our, our greenways and, and build things with our hands. And, um, and so we are hiring right now, actually. We have a new cohort starting May 10th, and it runs through July 19th. What we do is we pay the youth, and for this program, it's 18 to 28-year-olds, we pay them to learn the green skills that they need for jobs that will that will get them eventually a family sustaining income. All right, and and Joan, I know a lot of people. I'm glad that you're hiring. We're getting the word out. What is yes. the pay? What is the the rate? The hourly rate for the job? Okay, so the hourly rate is fifteen dollars an hour. We also provide things like we buy them work boots. They have an allowance for things that they would wear on the job. Um, If they need transportation, which I found is a really big deal these days, a lot of people don't have their driver's licenses like they used to. So we even provide transportation to and from pickup spots. And then when, yeah. And then when they're done with that, what we like to do is we like to work with them even after the program and, and help them get, a, a full-time job. I love it. We have okay. employer partners. Yeah. Well, Joan, this is all good news. Uh, th- again, this is Tree Trust, and that is Joan and St. Paul calling to say they're hiring and uh, providing transportation, which leads into my next question. Uh, Elena, I have this in my notes. Ta- what do people need to know about the, the one of the challenges? Transportation, getting to and from a job if you are a teenager, uh, a young person. Um, what are you finding? Yeah, transportation is a huge challenge. And I think particularly in greater Minnesota, um, we're seeing, you know, a lot of teens and young adults depend on public transit to get places. And in greater Minnesota, you know, public transit is just more sparse. You know, we're more spread out. Um, The buses don't run as often. They don't take you all the places you need to go. And I think at the same time, we're seeing a lot fewer teens, at least in greater Minnesota, get driver's licenses for various reasons. So, you know, they don't like when I turned 16, I immediately got my driver's license, brought my parents' car and drove to work that same day. And that's just not what's happening for most teens uh, that we work with right now. And uh, what can you add to that, uh, Amanda, about what we're seeing with transportation challenges? Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge challenge for young people. Um, and, you know, in Minneapolis-St. Paul, they're, they're, young people are very comfortable using public pr- transportation. But in terms of um, driver's license, I think we're seeing that even as a barrier um, for post-secondary education. So going into apprenticeship programs or other programs because, you know, driver's licensing is no longer a part of school and it's very expensive to pay to get your driver's license and go through the course. Um, that's a huge barrier for some of the even post-secondary plans that we're trying to connect young people to. And we heard from their caller, they're now picking workers up. They recognize transportation's a challenge. Okay, well, let's go get them. Mm -hmm. So again, employers adapting to what they're seeing is is a barrier. And Chris, anything you want to add to that? Yeah. And I think this is, again, people get their driver's license when they have a reason to get their driver's license, right? And I think this is one of those things, if 
if you're in the job market and you're starting to get a job and it's going to require you to be driving there, you'll go get the driver's license because you need a reason. It's just not a rite of passage anymore. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'd emphasize is you know, really need to be thinking about small businesses, businesses in your neighborhood, businesses that maybe you, you or your parents are using and, you know, going to that small business because they don't advertise, you know, they might put a help wanted sign on the window, but really tap into your small business. And if the owner, you know, has one shop and they don't have a job for you, the thing is they usually know what's going on in the neighborhood. And they say, well, you know, I don't have anything, but I know down the street, so-and-so, She's looking to be hiring. And so really tap into that small business community, and you may be able to get a job that way. And it might be a long walk, but it might be depending on where you are in St. Cloud or the Twin Cities. All right. We're talking about finding a job, particularly if you're a teenager or a college student or a young adult without a lot of work experience. How do you get that job? 651-227-6000. Who is hiring? Uh, Let's talk to Rebecca in Apple Valley. Rebecca, what can you share with us as we talk about employment? Hi, I have a small painting business out of Apple Valley here, and I always hire high schoolers and college students over the summer just to get a little bit of extra help on my exteriors and whatnot. And I just want to remind people that getting into the trades is a great way to to start a career. Um, we hire over the summer. A lot of trade places do electrical and plumbing and whatnot. Um, and they'll hire you without a whole lot of experience, and they'll teach you as you go. And it's a good way to feel out if the trades are something for you and it's a good way to jump on your education as far as the trades go, because you can come out of uh, high school with a, a good working knowledge and start your career in the trades, or you can use it as something to propel you through college mm-hmm. or while you're in high school. So uh, Rebecca, you have like a lifelong skill as well. Tell me about the, the, the training that goes into teaching someone how to paint and, and how you handle that. Um, I usually have people just come in. I, I have stand here and watch me and I'll show you about it and I'll tell you about it and then I'll stand back and hand them the tools and say get a feel for it and if you have any questions or if you're having a hard time I'll tell you what it is that will help you do that job better. And I imagine you have some stories of just young people that you've seen um, you know start and then over the years you know move into to more jobs or maybe in the field that, that you've even are working in. Do you have any stories to share of just how it's helped some some young people having an opportunity to work with you? Um, I've seen quite a few people um, come up to the trades. There was a guy that I knew who had started in high school with a masonry business. And by the time he was out of high school, he was a manager at that job and he was making great money and he had great benefits. It was a fantastic job for him. And he just went and pestered them on site and said, hey, can I help? Can I help? Can I make some money? And it turned out to be a good career for him. And I've had people come work with me over um, their high school years and college years. And it's been a great opportunity for them where they can work and get out and meet other people and do something where they're actually seeing an impact mm-hmm. in their community and environment. And Leslie, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca, any suggestions on, you know, I don't know if you are hiring right now, if you're good for the summer, but do you know of other uh, Mike managers in the trades who are looking for uh, some help? and having a hard time finding people. Is that the case? It is. Um, and a lot of them aren't advertising as well as they could. Um, mm-hmm. I always recommend checking your local community Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. They uh, advertise on there a lot. Mm-hmm. Or call up just local small businesses and ask if they need help 
um, like you guys were saying frequently, if they don't need help, they'll know somebody who does. We all recommend each other to each other. So we have a good community. Thank you, Rebecca. That's really helpful in Apple Valley. So it may not just be an all an, an online search. Not everything's at your fingertips. You may have to go talk to somebody. Oh my goodness. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I think we we suggest that to young people too, just kind of walking around and checking in. And sometimes that's even the case with you know some of the retail or fast mm-hmm. food places too. If you walk in and just ask them, they might also have an opportunity available. And Elena, do you see that too? Or you, do you hear that from employers in Duluth that um, not everything is advertised, that you may actually have to, oh my goodness, call someone or actually walk in and ask, do you know who might be hiring in this area? Absolutely. I think there's a statistic that something like 80% of jobs are found through networking rather than re- responding to a formal posting. Mm-hmm. So I think building that skill of being able to network and talk to people and find out about opportunities and then follow through on them is a really, really important life skill that's going to follow you through to the end. So right now, any, well, any, well, we do talk about online resources. Elena, any websites or resources you want to share with people right now that might be helpful for a young person in their life? Someone who's trying to help someone. Yeah. Where do you go to look? Yeah, sure. So um, careerforcemn.com is the, the statewide uh, website. It's it's operated by the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development. And it's got a ton of information and resources for all, all job seekers, but especially youth and young adults. Um, so I would definitely recommend going there. And tell me that website uh, in, again. Elena, say that again. Careerforce? Careerforcemn.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, um, go ahead. Mm-hmm. The, There's also in Northeast Minnesota, but anyone in the state can access this. um, We have a website called 218 Trades, which is focused on careers in the building trades. And it's got a ton of information. It's got myth busting, sort of myths and facts. It's got information for parents who have questions about steering their kids towards the trades. So there's that. And then Arches, which is a a network of uh, long-term care providers, has created something similar for healthcare occupations. Hmm. So um, there's that website as well. Okay, we'll uh, and then sure, through the, oh well I'm gonna, I want to let our listeners know we'll make sure we'll put these websites on uh, my page on our website at nprnews.org uh, if you're trying to take notes um, uh, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that there are some really specific websites that people can go to that may be helpful in helping a young person connect with a job did you have another one uh, no sorry I didn't mean to interrupt okay no so you've got arches and then we've got careerforcemn.com as well as 218 trades uh, for potential openings right now. All right, let's take one more phone call from a listener as we talk about uh, helping our teenagers and young adults find a job. 651-227-6000 is the number to call. Uh, in Minneapolis, let's talk to Jason. Jason, what do you want to tell us? Hi, yes, I had uh, two things. Mm-hmm. One is about um, uh, focusing more on mock interviews in high schools uh, with the seniors, especially um, to help them cope with the interview process uh, so they know what's expected and and having kind of the experience of getting into that when they go out and do look, uh, have interviews in, in the community with different jobs. Uh, secondly is about um, dealing with uh, the, the life experiences that kids may experience. Um, my own daughter, uh, she is 17, she got a job um, uh, this last uh, winter, and uh, this past fall she experienced—or I'm sorry, this past February—she experienced uh, discrimination based on her religious background. Um, 
And as a 17-year-old, this is her first job. This is really impactful into her mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, there were many times that she had informed me that she had broke down crying at work because of these things. Um, because of her manager. Of words that people were saying to her? What were they saying to her? Well, they, they, he was mocking her, you know, uh, in terms of like making like, these subtle jokes about uh, religious sayings and different things, not just to her, but also to customers. And, and, and saying things like, ooh, I'm a terrorist today, and these type of things like this. Um, and when Muslims, they have... Um, uh, you know, certain sayings like, you know, greetings like salam alaikum or something. He would say salami alaikum or something like this in order to be mocking and using comments like, oh, I should wear a hijab today so I can be a Muslim. And, and you know, I had, as a father, this is really, you know, tough to have to face, you know, mm-hmm. for your daughter seeing her crying like this. And I had to remind her that this is the reality of life, that, you will go out into the world and you will face people like this and you will have to learn how to deal with it in an appropriate way. And as a 17-year-old, they should not have to deal with that. Um, um, luckily, uh, Jason, I I, able- I'm so sorry that, that your daughter had this experience, uh, but an example of what we're asking our young people to, to, to deal with when they do go out into the world, uh, discrimination. It's, it's just real. So what kind of coaching or what is available to help young people be equipped for what they could possibly face when they do start to work? Um, Amanda? Yeah, I think this is a huge thing that, you know, we see with young people and some of those skills that we talk about mm-hmm. in terms of like their self-knowledge, self-advocacy, who do they go to, you know, when they're experiencing something like this. Um, I think it's really important to coach and guide and mentor young people on on that end. I also think it's really important that employers are doing the work on their end to, you know, address these issues at the work site right. and, um, you know, Yes, it's really important for young people to get in the workforce, but we can't put everything on on young people. Yeah. Employers have an obligation to create safe yeah. work environments. Anything you would add to that, um, uh, Elena? We just have 30 seconds here left. Yeah, I think, you know, young people are more diverse in Minnesota. About a third of teens are black, indigenous or people of color. Um, somewhere around 20 percent identify as being on the gender spectrum. So if employers are going to successfully employ young people, they need to be creating an inclusive work environment that that feels welcoming and invites them in. All right. They need to do the work themselves mm-hmm. before we ask our young people to to jump into the job force. All right. I want to thank our guests and uh, our callers, too. And for all of you folks who are hiring, we thank you. All right. Check your emails and your voice messages, your voicemail, young folks. There may be a job waiting for you. Our guest today, we've been talking to Elena Fauché, the Director of Workforce De- Development there in the city of Duluth, as well as Amanda Justin, who is with Achieve Twin Cities, and Chris Farrell, as always, who joins us on Mondays to talk about the top economic news. Thanks, everybody. Today, Today's conversation was produced by Danelle Cloutier. We'll talk again tomorrow morning at 9. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.